Welcome to episode 433 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, I team up along to episode 433 of I, I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Bevan, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Why are you so excited? You had a haircut, I can tell that. had a haircut and I'm going to Kona. I have to, I have to admit, I did think to myself, I need to have a haircut before I go to Kona. The question is, I was tossing up, did I go number two, number three with the Clippers? Went number three. I think it's a good choice. quite short enough. Oh, yeah. you don't think? I, I think it looks good. Uh, two weeks to race day, it'll grow back a bit. Might yeah. go for the uh, emergency cut in Kona. It's always a risk. Do you always go to the same place for your haircut? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. What do you pay for your haircut? Thomas and I go together. It's forty-one dollars for the two of us. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Okay, guys, uh, I am talk is proudly brought to you by CoffeesofHawaii.com. I got some great feedback on this week. People are loving the Coffees of Hawaii. Athlinks.com. Check out your competition. And extreme endurance. Lactic buffer. Okay, this week's show we've got. It's we're recording earlier because John's actually going to be. What time are you flying tomorrow? Uh, we leave Christchurch at eight in the morning, I think. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's kind of a big thing. And then, uh, so we're recording on Monday morning. So and we're doing it over Skype. I'm, I'm watching John through the video. Yeah. Is looking a bit messy in the background, mate. That is very messy. <laughs> Sharp it up. Very messy. <laughs> Sharp it up. Uh, we've got some news. We've got a looking back on last year's Kona race. We've got the try rating report. We've got a high 12, John. High 12 from Richard Swan comes through. It was... And uh, I think he was up all night watching the flipping Berlin Marathon last night as well. Oh, really? Who won? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. New world record. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Wow, what is it? 202. Really? <laughs> Wait, you broke. That's my news for later on, Bevan. You've ruined my news. Well, I can't wait to go sub two. That's going to be an amazing moment, isn't it? That's kind of like the four minute mile, isn't it? The first guy to break sub two. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, that's that's two minutes is a long. Oh, for sure. But yeah. you know, it will happen. You know, it will happen in our lifetime for sure. Um, John's taper plan, and then we've got an interview. Obviously, you're rushing it because you, you were going to leave this to the Kona show. I thought. We were, so I interviewed Andrew Starkowitz last week uh, and I was going to hold that over, but we've actually got a lot of interviews lined up for Kona and a little short on time packing today, so figured we'll chuck it in there today. So Andrew Starkowitz talking a big game about Kona and last year, you know, um, had a terrible run last year, but came back and showed us what he can do at uh, Florida and I think it was Arizona as well, and the dude can run. And if he can, um, if he can pull it all together... Who knows what he could do, you know, because if he can bike like he did last year, he's only got to run about a 255 or something like that. Yep, someone's calling you on Skype, aren't they? They are calling me on Skype. I'm just going to ignore them, Bevan. This yeah. is more important than the athletes that I coach. That's right, you're prioritising your life. Okay, so results. First of all, we've got some news and we've got results here, and we're just going to skim over them pretty quickly, but we had Ironman Malaysia happen over the weekend. We did, a name I've never heard of, a guy called Patrick Nilsson from Sweden, took it out, swam 49, biked 440 and ran a 305. Now, you're probably going 305, that's not too sharp, but man, it is just brutally hot over there. Frederick Cronenberg uh, was second, he ran a 310. Uh, so he, uh, the winner, Patrick Nilsson, 841, Frederick Cronenberg uh, was 858 and Carol... 
Zlyak, or no, how do I say that? Zalaj from Slovakia. It's spelled D Z A L A J. How do you say that? Zalaj. Zalaj. Okay, Zalaj. Anyway, um, Dylan McNeese was leading out of the swim in 46 minutes. Story of the day on the swim was apparently it was a bit dicey with some um, jellyfish. Cam Brown got toasted by a couple as well, and oh. he ended up pulling out the end of the back of the bike because he ended up just getting seizures from the from the jellyfish things, and his back just locked up. Dylan McNeese as well. He was looking pretty good coming off the bike uh, in, I think, about third or fourth place. But uh, in a report I saw from him, he... Uh, started struggling from about 120 k's on the bike and um, couldn't take any food down so to run a 341 I don't think he'll be thrilled with that and, uh, so he was fourth in 926 only hanging on by 10 seconds not to get checked oh really yeah nice. so you got to say Diana Reisler, who took out the girls' race in 9.26. It's a pretty solid day at the office, and she won by 34 minutes over Keiko Tanaka from Japan and Dimity Lee Duke from Australia in third and 10.02. So Did the second place get it to 10 hours exactly? 10 hours and 13 seconds. Uh, break your heart. Yeah, so apparently very, very hot day. I saw, you know, you know, you have your actual temperature and your feels-like temperature. Yep. Um, somebody had put a post on Facebook and it was like 9 o'clock at night and it still said feels like 38 degrees uh, centigrade. So that is, for you Fahrenheit people, that's pretty toasty. That is pretty crazy. Okay, we also had uh, Ironman Marocco. Marocco, Tim Don. Here comes my ITU crowd, Bevan. Here yeah, well, comes yeah. Crowd. And he had a pretty good race, didn't he? It did. So Tim Don on debut at Ironman took it out. Uh, it's a new ironed race as well in Mallorca. Swam 45, biked 451 and ran 2.52 so for a win by four minutes and eight hours, 34 minutes from Angel Fidelgo and Mike Aragos from Switzerland. So good on Tim Don. You know, you never know when these guys, uh, you know, four or five minutes in front, how deep they're really having to go. Because you'd say on the face of it, you know, Tim Don is a sensational runner and yeah. only only run two fifty two. Um, you, yeah, who knows what sort of um, is this stuff. his first long course? Definitely, yep. So he's, you know, uh, I don't know how how strong his bike is. I mean, his bike here is comparable with all the other guys. In fact, it's it's. You know, close on being the fastest bike ride, so that's good. Um, but he had a fantastic seventy point three a few weeks ago, finishing third behind Fredino and um, Gomez. So he's still got the speed there. So you know, good uh, strategic moves to start accumulating some points for next year for Kona because he'll have great points from seventy point three, get good points here, and then he, you know, he won't have to probably do a huge amount next year to to tick the boxes. So. Uh, Good strategic move to get ready for Kona next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, we also had oh, hold we on, a few hold on. Oh, second place. Pig? Come on. No, I was, just, I was going female, but we haven't even had a second and third yet. Yeah. So I'm uh, not sexist. I'm just bad to everybody. Second, we uh, no, I did second and third. Angel Fidelgo and Mike Aragos uh, on the girls' side of things. Um, you can go number one, Bevan. Um, I wasn't looking. Um. <laughs> I'm a Mulan. Uh. I probably pronounced that wrong again. I think it might. Maybe it's Ema. Imar Mullen from Ireland took it out with a uh, good run, ran 310, uh, swim 55, bike 513, and run 310 for 924, uh, passing Didi Griesbauer on the run, who did 927, and Astrid Gonzo in third in 931. Good times, rock and roll. So, uh, whatever race do we have here, John? We'll go over the Chattanoo- place. Ironman Chattanooga. It's yes. just literally finished about. 
don't know, 45 minutes ago. Um, and not, uh, not, not such big names here. We had Matt Hansen from the States take it out. Gee, he only swam 40 minutes and he wasn't first out of the water. There was a 38 there as well. Someone swam It must have been short, John. Everyone's doing 40 minutes. No, it was, uh, it was down. Apparently, it was a, a current assisted swim. Uh, so, uh, have so, you ever raced in a current assisted swim? Yeah, but then they make the swim longer. So I did one in France once where we, we in Besançon where we swam down a river and it was supposed to be 1,500 metres. I don't know how bloody far they took us up the river, but the, <laughs> but the time was ballpark about right. Uh, but, yeah, I think we swam like three, three and a half K or something. Is that awesome? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you're moving along until so apparently there was a dead body in the river the day before. Oh, really? It's not so, not so pleasant, but they didn't tell us about the race. Um, <laughs> so Matt, Matt Hansen took that out, uh, swam 40 minutes, rode 4.40 and ran 2.47. That's a nice. solid run. That's a good run. And uh, Daniel Bretcher was second in 8.19, so seven minutes back, and Trevor Wirtle was in third in 8.22. So this is a new iron distance race, so we don't, you know, these times are all course records. Um, hopefully they might make the swim a bit, uh, bit more legit next year, but if that run's accurate, you know, 2.47, that's a bloody solid run. Yeah, Angela Neath took out the females race. I'm not sure if the others are in yet. I know she was she was ten minutes in front, I think, at one stage of uh, of our Kiwi girl um, Anna Cleaver. So yeah, it doesn't look like she's in yet. So she's gone sub nine, eight fifty four, swam forty five, bike four fifty, run three fifteen for an eight fifty four. Just one thing on last week we were talking about how um, there was a non pro. What was the non pro race that was on last week? Uh, it was Maryland. Yeah. I'm in Maryland. Yeah. So, um, and w- there was a bit of talk on the internet saying that they didn't do a very good job of kind of um, giving the person who won the race a bit of credit. But actually, someone sent me through his race report, and it sounds like they actually did. So it sounds like you know when he got across the line, they you know celebrated his win. He actually got to do the winner's speech at the ceremony. Um, they got him to go along later on the night, and so uh, I think there's a bit of criticism of WTC in regards to not really acknowledging his win. Uh, but it sounds like if you know, based on his race report that it got sent through to me, that he, they actually did a pretty good job. Good. Yeah. Nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So best to rectify up, that. This coming weekend. Up this, coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Barcelona. So first time it's been an Ironman. We've had um, challenge races there before, but this year it's a, it's an Ironman. And so we have got results from the previous years, even though they're not official WTC races. Last year, Sergio Marquez from Portugal took it out and Eva Wooty took it out um, and this year lining up we've got actually some some half decent dudes um, Clement Alonso McKerner from Spain is seeded number one on Torsten's rating and he's predicted to come in 11 minutes in front of Bas Diederen who's had a pretty stellar season so I'm a bit surprised why he's not uh, in Kona and Jens Peterson Bark and Constantine Bashor on the boys' side of things. And man, there's a lot of pros racing. There's uh, 60, it's probably nearly 70 pro men racing. Um, really? Which is, which is a lot. Yeah. And then on the girls' side of things, you've got uh, Erica Chomore, Anya Berenek, and Camilla Peterson, uh, the top three. Uh, and then also Eva Wooty, who's a defending champion there, uh, seeded number fourth. And on, again, on the girls' side of things, you've got 30. 33 girls lining up, so pretty big pro fields. Yeah, it's great. Okay, the other piece of uh, probably news that we've heard, we've got some other news we're going to leave till later on the show, but one piece of news that's come through this week was that there is going to be no change in the number of females racing despite the big media push, social media push. 
Yes, a lot. All the you know, all the girls were firing up, and there was even a Twitter handle made up to get fifty girls in Kona. Um, but uh, apparently, they had a, a meeting. They've got had their athlete representatives there. So Paul and Newby Fraser and Heather Fuhrer are the two sort of pro liaison people um, on WTC. Jordan Rapp's also involved, and um, yeah, whatever happened in the in the boardroom, they decided that they're, that's going. They're not going to be more women in in the field for next year and you'll also hear actually Andrew Starkowitz in our interview later on today um, has run some stats on it as well and he said if anything uh, there should be less girls in Kona based on um, the research that he did so yeah you can kind of look at it a couple of different ways but at the end of the day there is not going to be any change Wow, it will be interesting to see if that, what, that if that progresses over the next kind of t- period of time. Okay, Legends of Triathlon, guys, we've got Tim DeBoon on this month's show, and it's a bloody great interview. I put it up last night, so if you want to get that now, you can just go to legendsoftriathlon.com, or hopefully you've already subscribed to it on iTunes, but that is now out, and Tim DeBoon was great, wasn't he, John? Oh, awesome interview, really enjoyed it, so... Yeah. Uh, Get on there and get your history. It's hard because we've been in the sport for so long. It's hard to think that people wouldn't know of Tim DeBoon, but oh, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah, Tim DeBoon won Ironman World Championship two times in a row in the early 2000s. He won it when the year of 9/11 as well too. So it was kind of, it was literally about three or four weeks afterwards, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. And so, um, really great interview. And the thing I liked about his story was he wasn't an amazing athlete. He was kind of a, he came up through like he was a good athlete, obviously, but he came up through the ranks, didn't he? Mm, he did, and he and uh, whilst he came out of the ranks, he also had to he had to work his way through Kona. You know, he went there for a lot of years where he was getting nothing. You know, he had a couple of te- t- uh, tenths, but yeah, you know, it took him a good ten years or so to get to the top. So, just a good story of uh, of hard work. Okay, uh, with a part of Legends of Triathlon, we have the Blue Seventy Helix wetsuit up for auction. So you go to the Legends of Triathlon. We'll put a link to that on dub dub dub. Uh, legendsoftriathlon.com but you can also go to Facebook and we'll put a link to that up there as well and uh, there's a wetsuit option it always goes cheap so if you're looking to get a wetsuit go there grab it you'll be in for a bargain nice so you're off to Kona tomorrow Jombo uh, getting pretty excited it's all good in the hood what's uh, what's your plan so we've also got to remember part of the plan is for the wetsuit aquathon I'm really yes. pumped about that. We need some more people entering. So even if you're not don't want to do it in a wetsuit, which I can totally understand, uh, if you want to come along and just do it as a little training session, that's okay. You will have two, maybe have two starts: the wetsuits and the non-wetsuits. Um, but come along and say hi. It's going to be 7:15 on Wednesday morning of race week, and we'll just be setting up uh, over by the toilet spot on the pier and uh, come along and kick in. If you're going to do the act with the the proper act wetsuit aquathon, sign up on our website iamtalk.me under the Kona tab um, then we can just email you any details and what have you so and also if you're keen to join in on the the, the, the taper plan that I'm doing over there um, details again are up on imtalk.me I'll talk about my training and stuff later on the show it's time for copies thing. of one yes. thing, just quickly, um, quite a few people have asked if they can get my book, a print copy, copy of my book, uh, while they're in Kona. And, and I, I, what I'll do is, if you do want to get a print copy of my book, the actual print, you can get it on the Kindle now. And, and lots of people did. It got to number 12 on uh, health and fitness on Amazon. So obviously, lots of you guys are supporting it. So I really appreciate that. But um, and if you haven't, go get it now. But um, if you are in Kona, you want the print copy, I'll put a link to it in this week's show notes. And you can go and buy it there, and then I'll bring it over based on how many have bought. So if, you, if you're going to be in Kona and you want my print copy of my book, go to this week's show notes, and I'll have a link on it so you can pay for it on PayPal there, and I'll bring it with me to Kona. So there you go. Sponsor, Jombo. Bevan, do you know that coffee can make you feel happy? Oh, John. 
I did know that actually because every yeah. time I have a coffee, I feel happy. You do, especially if it's coffees of Hawaii coffee. A study done by the National Institute of Health found that those who drank four or more cups of coffee, uh, presuming that's per day, were about 10% less likely to be depressed than those who had never touched the java. And apparently, it's not because of the official of because of the caffeine high. Coke can also give you a caffeine high, but it's linked to depression. Study author. Honglei Chen, who's a PhD, told Prevention.com that the proposed reason coffee makes you feel good is because of those trusty antioxidants. So there you go. There you go. I'm going to feel pretty good when we're swimming out to the coffee boat uh, in Kona next week as well. So that's going to make you feel good. So guys, make sure you get on uh, Coffees of Hawaii. Give them some support because they are an institution of the sport. Uh, they support our show and they also support everybody in Kona and it just makes for such a cool experience when you go over there and it's just a bit of a social meeting place. So get on it. Get on to coffeesofhawaii.com. Go there via imtalk.me and you can get the promo codes and make yourself feel happier. Now I have to say, if you are going to be in Kona, I'll be out on a coffee boat in the mornings doing some interviews. So make sure you come out to the boat and uh, probably, mm-hmm. what, Wednesday, Thursday? Thursday, Friday for sure. The, the underpants runs on Thursday, so you'll be out there first thing up yep. until that. Friday, you'll definitely be out there. So it's come out. I'll get an interview of you. Come and say hello, and I'll get a few words from you, and you'll be able to send it back. You'll hear everyone back in your own community here on the show. So I'll be out there from what time do I normally get there, John? You're, you're the mechanical uh, now. Usually, it's usually about 7 o'clock the boat gets out there. Yep. So from about, about 7, seven. for about an hour, maybe half an hour, an hour, depending on the day. But get out there, and that way you can do that. Okay, Jonbo, so Coffee's of Hawaii, the world's best coffee. Jonbo, discussion of the week. We changed it years and years ago. You picked Luke McKenzie as getting 33rd, and you picked it. Every year since, you failed miserably. But one time you got it. But this year, we've changed it, and I I like what you've changed. You've gone and said, well, let's not worry about the 33rd. Let's say who's going to get 11th, because that's got to be the worst place to finish in Kona. Yes. And uh, we've got some interesting views here. And Corrine Abraham, who we're going to be interviewing over there, where I will be, she put ouch. So I'm not sure if she meant uh, she was nominating herself to be 11th, but I promptly emailed her and said, you better bloody do better than 11th. Um, <laughs> Ron Ritz has got Crowey will be 9th. Ron, we asked for number 11. We didn't ask for 9th or 10th. That's right, Ron. We asked for number 11. So I'm not even going to read that now. You see, your, your moment of glory is ruined because you broke the rules. Good old Lee Spore. He's got Nils Freimhold and Kat Morrison, although I hope she finishes higher. So do I. Richard Ray says Andrew Starkwitz and Liz Blatchford. If Andrew's re-listening to this, look out, Richard oh, Ray. Mate, he's an angry he's not man. Really you. Andrew Angry. Um, we've got Pete Hagen. He's got Nicolanis and Jody Swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Morahan, Crowey and Cave. Oh, two defending champions. That would be kind of, there would be an irony to that, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Zania Morrison's got Andy Potts and Natasha Batman. Kurt Taylor, Bevan Doherty. He Joe, won't be. I, I'd almost guarantee Bevan won't finish 11th. Well, you think he's either in or out? Yeah, he's either in or out. Yeah. yeah. So he's either top five or he's dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we've got um, Joe Wildensky, um, Crowey and Yvonne. Brett Samut, and, uh, Joe Gambles and Sarah Gross. I have to say the next name, John. Sulikov. Arnold. Okay, he's got Marino and Jody Swallow. Scott Connolly, Luke Bell and Meredith Kessler. I think Luke, well, Luke Bell was racing in Malaysia. I think he must have DNF'd, so I'd be surprised if he's uh, if he's racing. Yeah, same. Um, Lucy Francis got Mary Beth Ellis and Bevan Doherty. 
and Rob Wilby has Scott Nieti and Teams and Lewis. I don't think either of them are racing. In fact, I'm almost positive neither of them are racing. So, Rob, do your research next time. Do, do, do your homework, mate. Do your homework. Shut we up. Do, we do ours all the time. Exactly. I'm not reading the show notes as I'm seeing them today. Okay, Jombo, what are your predicts for 11th? I've got to pull up the list. I'm not quite sure. Where's the list? Where do I go? Uh, you go to Torsten's try, Torsten's oh, try rating, and that has got the list on there. Uh, I did give this some thought last week, but now I've bloody well forgotten about it. I tell you, I, I would almost say that guarantee Bevan Doherty does not finish 11th because, as I said, I think he'll either if he's not in the money, uh, he's, he generally tends to not carry on. I am going to go for actually. I'm, Hopefully Marino doesn't listen to this because um, I'm interviewing him over there. I think maybe Marino Van Holnacker might be about there. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, he's a he's a Bevan Doherty. He's a goal. Like, you know, he's going to either win it or get top five, or he's out. He has walked in a cup once or twice. Actually, I'm going to go for Michael Weiss. I'm going to go for Michael Weiss. I'm going to I'm going to go for Andy Potts. Yeah, I think that's a that's a reasonable pick. Potts pretty, doesn't give up. No, he doesn't. He keeps he keeps trucking along. Yeah. Yep, no, I think that's a pretty reasonable pick. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Pops pulled off a top 10, but he's always he's kind of there or thereabouts, but he kind of always just fades a bit, doesn't he, on that run. And then the girls? I'm going Lucy Gossage. Lucy Gossage? Yeah. Uh, I don't like being mean to the girls. Um, I'm going to go, I'm just looking at it here. I actually think Batman. I think Batman will have another good year, but it's just that she's now 47. So, I think she'd be better. <laughs> no, that's probably a pretty good call. Yeah. Well, she, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets top five to ten. She's such a legend. 47. Yes. It's mind-blowing. Although it's interesting looking at the ages of the female pros. good half of them are over 35. Oh, yeah. You know, you got like Mary Beth, is, Mary Beth and Kat Morrison and Sarah Gross, they're all sort of 37, 38. Joyce's uh, 36. Meredith Kessler's 36. Yeah, Carolyn Stephan. Yeah, and most of them are most of them are up there. There's not is there any in their twenties? Daniela Reef is twenty seven. Yeah. That's that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so then all, if we go up to the boys. Majority the majority of them are thirty five. Uh, I would say the average age, Torsten can verify this, but I would say the average age would be thirty five nearly. Thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. On the men's side of things you got the only young competitive guy is under thirty at least is Trenzo. You've got a couple other guys. Daniel Hawksworth, um, Nils Frilmhold. Um, but yeah, again, in the men's, it's generally guys 30, but yeah. a lot more lower, not many yeah. over 35. Yeah. Or a lot less, at least. Mm. Mm. So it's going to be interesting times. Okay, so for this week's discussion, what we want to know is now we want to know your top three. So you've got to pick your top three male and female for the Kona World Championships coming up in about two weeks from now. Brought to you by GoPro. Brought to you by GoPro. I'd love to know what they paid. Love to know. Why? Well, I don't. I wonder if it's. Why isn't it not the GoPro Ironman World Championships? So I reckon it's less. You'd have to pay more to get GoPro World Ironman champs rather than Ironman World champs brought to you by GoPro. Oh, interesting. That's a good point. Because it always used to be the Ford Ironman World champs or the Gatorade Ironman World champs. So maybe I'll be interested to see on the NBC coverage. Is it still brought to mm. you by? Yeah, interesting. Okay, so we want to see your top three. Okay, guys, um, we're going to have a look at last year's race. That's what we're doing. We are indeed going to have a look at last year's race. And I've got to give um, Jordan Rapp a little bit of love from slowtwitch.com because I've got this page that I go to that's got every year of Ironman on it. 
and the results from every year with all the splits, just the top tens. So it's a fantastic reference tool. And I went there the other day, actually, when we were interviewing Tim DeBoom yep. and said, hey, Tors, uh, hey, Jordan, you're not up to date there. You've only got uh, 2012. So within about an hour, Melina said, hey, send me an email. Look at this fantastic uh, resource here. And so he, he, Jordan had obviously gone and updated it, which is fantastic. Did you email him and say that to him? I Facebooked him. Jordan said, come on. Get, get this this update. This I think the rich is the rich is a detailed man. He would have said, "Take on the challenge." Yeah. So this is a it's a, it's a great document. So yeah, last year we had Frederick Van Laird take it out in H twelve from Luke McKenzie and Sebastian Kingley. For me, probably the one of the most interesting aspect of last year's race is Marinda Carfrey basically outran. All the guys, with the exception of Frederick Van Laird. No, she outran no, Frederick she, Van Laird. No, she, even runner. Ivan Rana. Ivan Rana and uh, Bart Aronotz, uh, the only two that of she the did. the top outrun. 10. I'm sure maybe, maybe guys under that would have gone No, faster. no, I don't think there was anybody else. So I she had the third fastest run of the day. Yep. Wow. So it is sensational. So well, last that, year's race was interesting because what happened was we had the t- traditional bike guys get away on the bike, and sure, Freddie had a great run as well, but there were, none of the great runners really fired last year, did they? No, and you know you'd say Bart Arnott's is a great runner, but he was you know four thirty nine versus four twenty five um, for Frederick Van Leer. So you're just so far back. But yeah, you still had some good guys in that. Well, like Kingley, you'd expect him to run faster than you know three hours. Mm. So it was just a case of the fantastic bikers or the fantastic swim bikers um, just hanging tough on the on the run last year. And it'll be interesting to see what happens again this year. So TorstensTryRating.com has got uh, a report on there and he's got a whole different bunch of permutations based off uh, based off results and what have you on what potentially could happen. Um, but it was, it was quite a different, again, the year before we had Pete Jacobs take it out from Andreas Raylert and Pete Jacobs won it by five minutes and yeah. the end of Frederick Van Leer there and, 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 and remember he was cruising home like he once he knew he had it which was about two or three K out he was rapping, lapping it up with the crowds wasn't he mm. so you know he only had to run a 248 to win it um, Andreas Rayler came home in a 247 after having a terrible swim and a sort of below par um, or they rode pretty similar but he was four minutes off the pace um, coming out of the swim so on the girls' side of things, the last two years, uh, so obviously Marina Carfrey just dominated the dojo last year. She was isolated on the bike, and, and, and based off previous years, you'd think she would she'd get crushed by all the other girls, but they just didn't seem to pull away from her, um, or she pulled it back to a little bit in the second half. Yeah, so, she did. Yeah, you know, once they came off the bike, and she was within striking distance. Um, you know, if she put in her usual stellar run, then she was always going to win it. But Joyce had a great run there and second, um, five minutes back, and then Liz Blatchford was third, Yvonne Van Verken fourth. Then we flipped to the year before that, and it was a totally different race because Marinda Carfrey was not able to produce her her stellar run that she normally does. And had she even got remotely close to what she'd run last year, she would have won that as well. But she didn't. Leander Cave took it out um, off the back of a 3.03 marathon. Very close race with Caroline Steffen, only a minute in it. And then Marinda Carfrey just didn't have that run that day and was in third place. So... You've really got to say, um, statistically off Torsten tri- Torsten's try ratings, um, Marinda Carfrey is certainly the raging hot favourite. Again, she proved it in Challenge Rote this year as well by beating um, Joycey over there. But, you know, 
she's she's got to have a stellar run and rely on the girls not teaming up on her and getting away too far on the bike and and I think that's what those those front girls are going to have to do you know there's going to be a big pack of them you have yeah. Joycey Stefan it would be similar to last year Joycey Stefan um Meredith Kessler, Gina will probably be there as well. Mary Beth Ellis, um, probably Leander Cave, and you know if Caroline, if Marinda's by herself again, you know those girls have just got to drop the hammer and get a ten-plus minute lead on Carfrey, and even that might not be enough. Um, but that's the only way I really see them beating her if she's she's on her run form. It's just such a dynamic to the race when she's in there, isn't it? Because she's just such an amazing runner, isn't she? Oh, totally. But you know. She's this year has been different. She's done Challenge Rote, and so what's that done to her build up? Who knows? We always say if you race well in Rote or, or in those mid season races, and you typically don't do as well in Ironman. Uh, so yeah, I think it's Rinda's definitely the favourite in terms of racing for second. Or if she doesn't fire, it's going to be a brilliant race. Yeah, you know, there's no you know you'd say Joycey's probably the next favourite along with Caroline, but then Rinda. Um, Meredith Kessler has just the front half of the year. She was just crushing it. Mary Beth Ellis is starting to come into form with some good seventy point threes, and then you've got um, um, Wirtle as well, who got third at seventy point threes, and she's sort of a bit of a proven Ironman as well. So yeah, looking looking back at last year, let's go back to the males' results from last year, and I've got um, Thorsten's kind of uh, try ratings report in front of me here. Who were the surprise results? You know, Timmy O'Donnell, Timmy O'Donnell had you know top five big result for him. I think a lot of those, a lot of the top ten were surprised. James Canaan had a great race. Nobody would have picked Luke McKenzie. So you go through the top ten. Frederick Van Laird, you're pretty safe money to say he was probably going to be in the top five. Yep. Luke McKenzie, nobody would have had him tenth or better. Sebastian Keenley, you'd think he'd be up there. James Kanama, yep. um, you, you would have thought he'd on a good day he'd be top ten, fourths probably a bit above where people would pick him. Likewise with Tim O'Donnell. Ivan Rana's my ITU boy, so he was always going to be there or thereabouts. <laughs> uh, likewise, Tyler Butterfield, that was a bit of a breakthrough for him. Bart Arnott's always going to have a strong run. So, I mean, all those guys, there's just a lot of names missing. A lot of them, All those guys, you'd say, yeah, they're good enough to be top 10, of course, but there's just a lot of na- the, the big rock star names missing, you know, like your Pete Jacobs, um, your... Uh, who else is there? Crowey was there Crowe's last year. year. Dirk yep. Bockel, Bevan Doherty. So some of those real rock star dudes, um, they're missing. So it was a lot more of the, I don't know, maybe calling the steady eddies a bit more, were a bit better last year than um, than the rock stars. And what's about Ivan Arana for this year? Well, he, I think he's yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a chance of winning it potentially. He's he's strong all round. He'll be there all day, and you know. His, his run, he just uh, he got a bit crushed on the bike last year, which is a bit surprising because he's a very, very good biker. So, yeah, he's certainly a chance for the win. It's interesting. Normally, normally what happens is we're all a bit predictable when it comes to making predictions because what tends to happen is the guy who won it last year is always the favourite for the next year. It seems to be that, you know, how the majority of people will pick Kona, but it doesn't seem to be that Freddie Van Leer has that much confidence behind him as in public perception of him as a great athlete. You know, like obviously one Kona, don't get me wrong, but it's not like when Crowe wins it, Crowe turns up the next year, everyone goes, oh, Crowe's going to win it. Um, you know, based on this year is a different year because we don't have those obvious names who you go, oh, it's definitely going to be one of these three. Yeah, it's because he doesn't he doesn't race that much. He's European. He's not a a, a real show better uh, out there character. Yep. Um, but you know he showed. Uh, you know Sebastian Kienle had an amazing race at uh, Ironman Germany, and Frederick Van Laird was, yeah, you know, he was pretty strong in second place. I think I'm pretty sure it was second that he was. So, yeah, I I, I would 
put a lot of money on him being in the top five and potentially defending and, and you know, wouldn't be at all surprised in the top three. So he's there's no clear favourites so this year, you know. No, um, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's, the times have changed a little bit because back, you know, to go back even just like three or four years ago, there were kind of like five guys who you thought was going to be one of these ones and it kind of always was one of those ones. Mm. Whereas now you kind of look and you go, well, there's no obvious person who's just dominating. Probably no. King Lay is probably the guy you're, you know, if you're a betting man, but it's definitely but he, it's a mixed but he bag. Won he won Ironman Germany. Yeah, yeah. Was a curse, and that swim so. gets him. So you like, you know, like it's. And then the Gill side, looking from last year, well, it was a bit more of the same old names, isn't it? Mm. And yeah. and you would expect out of that top ten, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pretty similar top ten. You know, maybe seven of those names will maybe be there, and then you have three three different ones. But uh, yeah, it's. I think the battle. For, if you take Carfrey out of it, the battle for the win is wide open. Um, yeah, I think there's a, a number of girls who could who could take it. So yeah, it should be it should be good fun. Okay, Kona will be part of the championship edition. It includes 70.3 world champs and Challenge Bahrain in December. What are you talking about, Bevan? I'm not sure. You've got something underneath you. Okay, so um, Ironman predictions. Uh, what, what do we call it? Oh, okay. So Torsten, as part of tryrating.com, has got uh, IM predictions. And if you go on there and pick the top 10 and they combine that win with the 70.3s and a bunch of other races, there's some bloody good prizes. So you win an entry to Challenge Road. Oh, really? Ironman Sweden, wow. uh, or Challenge Almera, or Challenge Bahrain. So four entries there. An entry bloody costs you, you know, six hundred bucks or whatever, seven hundred bucks. So yep. um, get in there. It's a bit of fun as well, but it's bloody hard to pick. Uh, but get on it. And uh, so Torsten's try rating is a fantastic document. It's got all the previous winners, all their times in there. Gives you a good rundown of the course. It's got some interviews with a number of the pros. It's got the course records in there for the swim, the bike, the run, and uh, and how the sort of how the t- winning time has developed over over the years. What's really what, interesting when you look at that aspect of it, the, the, mm. the winning time hasn't really shifted much, has it? You've got one no. or two freak years, and mm. then you've got one 2004 where it was an extremely slow year. Um, but really, since about 87 onwards, the winning times have stayed pretty close to each other. You've got the Chrissy factor, certainly on the girls' side of yeah. things. Um, there's one year, the year Cave one, uh, it was a lot slower, but all the other years around there are pretty low. Yeah, it's so, the girls have definitely yeah. stepped up a little bit more recently, haven't they? Yeah. But it's fascinating. It's fascinating we haven't seen that much of a speed increase in our sport. No, like marathon keeps coming down, but uh, the triathlon's not really, not really moving too much. He's also got the full fields listed in here as well, so you can check that out. So just a cool resource if you're there on race day. You know the coverage is great, but you know if you want to go and check out some of the athletes and there's a little interviews in there with some of them, then uh, get on there support Torsten because he's a great dude that does a lot for our sport. Really great. It's a really great document. It's one of those things that you, you know go download it and actually if you're watching it, you know on the internet somewhere around the world on race day. It just gives some really cool insight. The amount of depth he's gone into with the individual athletes is pretty awesome. So um, you go to his website, Try Rating. I think it's just a donation, isn't it, John? It is, yeah. So go on there, support him. Just, you know, what do you spend on a magazine? You know, think of something like that because it's, you know, it's like a split 60-page document. So a 90-page document. There you go. So uh, tryrating.com. Okay, Jumbo. One, two, three, four. Ha-fa! 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Do, 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 do. Oh, man. Richard Swan was busy on uh, oh, last busy Tuesday. Busy at work at ANZ. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, three forty-five in the afternoon on on Tuesday. He thought I've got this, I've got a big priority I need to sort out, and the priority was doing a top twelve for us on basically I've got an updated top twelve for aimed at Kiwi and Australian athletes heading off to the dance, which is Kona. So you're on number one, John? Number one, attendance at the after party is everything. Best <laughs> way of securing entry is through the wives, girlfriends of high-profile athletes as they often are on the door. Work two years in a row for me. That is a pretty good strategy. That's what we normally do, isn't it? Yeah. It's like McKenzie's missus, wasn't it? She set us up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bring your ID to get into the after party. They are very, very strict on ID. And even if you're in your 30s, you'll be denied entry without ID. Belinda got ID last year in Kona. Did she? Yeah. Uh, not in Kona, in, uh, in, Hon- in Honolulu at a, ba- at a bar there. Oh, there you go. She ain't 21. She just turned something yesterday. Hey, wait, wait. Uh, I reckon she'd be 37. Plus one. Oh, nice. Other relevant inf- uh, non-final party info and information. Wait a second. One, the food is average at the celebration function. That's number three. However, oh, there is an everlasting supply of beer. Get your money's worth on the beer. You aren't going to get it in the food. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're never going to get great food at those big functions. I, I didn't seem to remember it being last, woeful. No, last year was okay. They had the big table. Yeah. That was pretty for last year. Everyone else was thinking about beers. It's not really uh, fine dining, but, you know, going there with your expectations in the right place. Other relevant non-final party related information. Number one, the welcome function drags on and on and on. Uh, It is a considerable time period from entry to the start of the welcome stuff and then the unnecessary and prolonged wait from the end of the welcome then to the dignitaries given a huge time to leave and then a huge wait until the start of the briefing. A lot of people left between the end of the welcome stuff and the start of the briefing, myself included. Oh, that's a retrospective de- um, disqualification I think for not yeah. attending race briefing Swanee yeah. yeah I can't comment on the briefing itself as I left and if you don't like Mike um, not Mike he's Riley but, he's but Ramsey <laughs> and he is not everyone's cup of tea then you won't enjoy the opening um, I'm new. I can't remember the opening from when I went there such a long time ago I'm sure it's I'm, you know it's one of those things that if you've been before it's, it's always the same but if it's the first time it's always pretty special Mm-hmm. You know, like as far as I remember my first time, I was like, oh. Okay, number two in the random non final party information is don't forget your ID for registration. Registration is open for ages, so go later and avoid the crowds. Oh, there are big queues there, so yeah. that's definitely a good point. Now, all um, world athletes beat the queues. Well, no, I don't think they'll have that over there. You don't think? Well, because everybody will be an all-world athlete. Yeah, it's true. It'll be a lot, yeah. Uh, number three, you can never have enough free goggles or swim caps. Why buy Gatorade when you can get it for free at the swim area? That's good. They're, they're so they, have, they have a little tent um, where by the pier where you can hand over your swim gear and they look after it for you. And at the same time, they've got Gatorade and stuff, free stuff there. So got to agree with that one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it is cheaper and more efficient uh the use of time to buy clippers from Walmart and then visit an overpriced barber and buy uh, at the supermarket. So he's right. Basically, John, if you want to go back to your two, buy some clippers. There you go. I'll do a haircut for when you get you for when you get there. Oh, I and think I'll pass on that. I don't know why the hell Swanee goes to a barber? <laughs> Okay. Not a lot going up top. Uh, number five, the reception at the huge hotel by the swim start will, will send postcards for you as long as you buy the stamps. The queue at the U.S. postal outlet is long, plus they may feel conflicted at supporting – you may feel conflicted at supporting a former sponsor of Lance Armstrong. Nice. Number six, ride the back half of the ride course and then discreetly go poolside at the Hilton Waikoloa. Uh, walk in like you own the place and then enjoy the ice cold beer poolside. 
you will deserve it, especially if you're first ride on the course. So as I said last week, Waikoloa is about halfway down the Queen K, and that's where we're heading to after after the race. Good nice. place. Number seven, the ultimate test of your driving skill is trying to parallel park with the steering wheel on the other side. So you Americans, we drive on the other side of the road in New Zealand, yeah. so that, that is a challenge. You will be doing the driving this year, Bevan. Yeah, I don't, I'm okay with driving on the other side of the road. Gotcha. I don't, yeah, the only time I find it difficult is in in like mall parking lots. Right. It's the only time because there's no lines, and so you do get a little bit confused. But other than that, I'm fine. Okay. Um, post number, number eight. eight. Uh, post race is average to say the least in Kona. A huge walk to the massage area and average food. Domino's pizza. Is it still Domino's pizza? Well, this is what we're going to find out. I believe they have upped the standard a little bit, but the last time we were in Kona, which was only two years ago, yeah. it was pizza and ice cream. Pretty much that's it. Well, I remember one time there was Domino's pizza and all the supporters were eating it. And I have to admit, that, wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been us. No, of course not. Because no. we were supporting the athletes. Yeah. Um, then it's a nightmare getting back to the hotel, especially if your bike and masses of gear. I went up the hill and got lucky getting cab from Macca's. Number nine, the expo to an extent is disappointing. Certainly nothing like the major marathons. You'll note, and this should be a concern for the WTC, the complete absence of the major shoe companies. Oh, Asics, Asics was there last time. Yeah, dishing away free shoes left, right, and centre. Yeah, we got some free shoes, didn't we? But you, I think the thing with Kona is it's such a long way from anywhere for for these big companies to just take out huge amount of gear. I guess I'm making excuses for them, but it's a it's a bitch to get to. Well, I think the the, the real difference is that at one of these big marathons, you've got fifty thousand people running, whereas yes. in Kona, you've got like two thousand max. So yeah. you know, like the investments and returns probably not worth it. And there's not much supporters in Kona either. I mean, let's let's say there's two thousand athletes. There might be another four thousand people there for the for the event. It's only six thousand versus, as Bevan said, you know. 50,000 runners plus another 50,000 supporters. What um, what do you reckon they could do to make the – because the expo isn't that amazing. Like you pretty much spend two hours walking around then you don't need to go back unless you've forgotten mm. something for your gear. So what do you think they could do to make it better? Because they get markup. They get people talking, don't they? But it's always a bit ho-hum. I'm just not an expo person. It's just yeah. – No, I don't think – I don't know. I don't have a – I don't know, Bevan. <laughs> no, neither really. Um, not, okay. Uh, number Number 10. Uh, yep. The Parade Nation is awesome. Do it. Did you do it? I've done it once before. Yeah, I did it too. Yeah. Yep. Kiwis. Yep. Yep. Number 11, you can never have enough free t shirts. What's that German milk company? Beast, Beast Milk or whatever yep. it is. And they always seem to have the best t shirt, don't they? They do. And then they get you, we do the tats as well. Yeah. Great marketing when you get people, they just say, I'll give you a t shirt if you wear this tattoo for a week. And yep. it's like, far out. That's a good deal. I mean, that's a good deal for them, not for the athlete. That's, I'd rather pay 10 bucks for a t or 20 bucks for a t shirt. Yep. Number 12, you won't need much training gear. I was packing last night going, yeah, t shirts, shorts. So three t shirts running, three pairs of shorts, three pairs of three bike tops, three pairs of bike shorts. That's pretty much it. I'm a notorious overpacker, especially when, like, stupidly, when I go, I know I'm going to do lots of shopping. So, like, we went to Melbourne a few months ago, and I knew I was going to spend up large on some fashion because I needed some new clothes. And I took so many clothes with me, it was just ridiculous. As I've reminded myself, Kona, it's going to be hot. Limit myself, limit, limit. Final tip by Swanee, and this was a little while ago. Um, he said he went on the airplane flight or helicopter flight over the island to look at the volcanoes. Awesome, recommends Paradise Helicopters. And I've taken that recommendation, Swanee, and I've booked in with Paradise Helicopters. And 
there's going to be a bit of a deal for the I Am Talk listeners as well. Got so a code. You've got a code, mate. Got a code. Use tell them use the promo code I Am Talk, and at worst case, you'll get like a, a twenty dollar USB video. I assume that's of you actually going in the helicopter. But the filmmaker and I were talking about it the other day, and he just had somebody come back from from Kona just on a regular holiday, uh, and did the helicopter flight over the island, and apparently it is amazing. You know, flying over the the volcanoes and just getting to the other side of the island. It's not cheap, but it's one of those once in a lifetimes. If I'm bloody game enough to, if you're willing to drop some money and it, it means something. When you rang me and said I'm going to do the helicopter, I was like, "What the heck? You're going to spend that kind of money?" Yeah. So apparently it is amazing. So it's paradisehelicopters.com, and uh, they've got a whole bunch of tours. Use the promo code I am talk, and you'll get some free stuff. And I'm, there may be a small discount. I'm not sure at this stage, but everybody I've talked to has done it. Said it is just incredible because when you go. A, if you want to go and see the volcano, it's it's, um, it's 150 kilometers or 100 miles to, to drive there. So it's a big day of driving, and it is awesome in terms of doing the walks Have and stuff. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you can't actually get very close at all to the actual lava. Yep. So you can see it miles away, but you can't. Yeah, you know, it's just like a tiny little trickle going into the ocean. Um, so I'm hoping with these guys at Paradise Helicopters that we'll see a bit more and I'll uh, take some snaps and feed it in there. So uh, check it out. Good times, rock and roll. Okay, John, but we're going to put on an interview. You interviewed Andrew Stuckowitz a couple of weeks ago and uh, he's been talking the big talk. So uh, let's put that on right now. Okay, last year in Kona, we had uh, one man blasting off the front on th- off the bike, and he was joined by a couple of fellas towards the end, but then he pulled away again. He was first off the bike in Kona. Perhaps didn't have the run that um, he was hoping for, and some people were wondering if he was uh, the real deal on the run, but then he backed up and went to Florida and went 7 hours 55 with a 2.58 marathon and a record-setting 4.02 on the bike, which is the fastest time of all time on the bike. Um, I believe he's also, I think, with that 7.55, possibly the fastest American of all time as well over the Ironman distance. He's Andrew Starkowitz, so welcome back to the show, Andrew. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, um, so last year we saw you, you killing it on the bike. But you know, um, that's we we just see the pictures. Can you maybe maybe talk through your, the race how it sort of unfolded from from for you from from your perspective? Yeah, um, I mean, last year it was a it was a different race. Uh, every year is a different race, but last year everybody pretty much stayed together on the swim there, and. I mean, I kept wrestling. I seemed the whole freaking swim with Bevin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both of us are big guys, and when you swim next to a big guy, you kind of get sucked into him. And if I got half a body length ahead of Bevin, he was getting pulled onto my hips. When I was behind Be- or on Bevin's hips, I kept getting pulled on top of him. And it was just it was just funny because uh, it took me it took me about it took me about. Uh, I'd say a quarter mile to figure out who is this guy that's about this because I'm a bigger guy and so is Bevin. And then finally I figured it out was him and I'm like, okay, um, well, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm pretty close to the front because I, I know Bevin doesn't swim very far back. And I just hung out with him and uh, we wrestled with each other pretty much the whole entire swim. And then I had a great T1 and I guess I went from um, 11th to third in transition and, uh, and being at the front, I just put the put put the hammer down right away, and uh, and uh, got a got a bottle of Perform. I think it was at the first or second aid station, and it just tasted sour. And against my better judgment, 
just knowing it's a long day, I just thought, oh, maybe my taste buds are off the salt water or whatever. And I kept drinking it, and then all of a sudden I got sick and started throwing everything up. And uh, it took me about two hours to be able to hold anything down. But during that time, you're burning thousands of calories and not taking anything in. And once I was able to start taking stuff in, uh, I mean, I did all right. I was able to uh, draw back away from Luke. And uh, then starting the run, I was just 100% depleted. Mm. And uh, it was, it, I mean, it was bad news. It was bad news getting off the bike, but uh, you know, to race, to race, to race in a race like Ironman Hawaii is something uh, that I dedicated last year to. Is just to have that experience, and uh, so I wasn't going to go there and not finish. So it must have been pretty cool being, you know, in the lead, coming off the bike and crowd going crazy. I mean, how does that compare to, you know, other races that you've done around the world? Because I'm sure there's been plenty of instances where you've been at either ITU races and there's been a bit of a crowd or other races where you've been leading off the front. What was the the feeling coming off the bike other than uh, being a little under the weather on the energy front? Uh you know, you're just so focused. Uh, I mean, you hear the crowd, but you really don't, you don't see it. I mean, I got to the, I got, I get to see the race afterwards through the video uh, footage that people post on YouTube through what uh, the pictures that the photographers take. But I mean, when you're in the moment, uh, you really, I mean, you hear the noise, uh, just the magnitude of the race inside, you know, is there. But uh, I really don't. I mean, there's often times I run right past my wife and not even realize it's nice. the race. So uh, it's you know it's that focus, and that's what it takes to race at this level. Is is you can't be soaking in the moment until uh, you cross that finish line at 140.6. Yeah. So I guess you know. Um other than obviously not taking the perform, would you would you have done anything differently over again? I mean, that sort of sounds like it spoiled things from from a pretty early stage. But was there anything you think you would have done differently if you got to replay that race again? Um, you know, I hindsight's always twenty twenty, and yeah. I told I sat down at dinner the night, then literally just hours after I finished and I looked at my coaches who uh, were there and uh, they pretty much just told them, you know what, let's, you know, we know that we know the fitness we have and today we definitely didn't show it. Um, and we're going to go 755 at Florida and here's how yeah. and them were on board. And, uh, uh, I didn't quite do it the way I thought I was going to do it. I thought I would run closer to a 254, 255 at Florida yeah. and but closer to a 405, 406. But, uh, you know, the, the, I rode a little better and, uh, God, I could have used that 255 at the end, uh, <laughs> getting mowed out by Victor Del Corral. Yeah. So obviously so- your bike is your, is your, is your weapon. So I, I know there's going to be lots of people out there who are intrigued by power numbers and stuff. So do you ride to power in, in races and in training or is it, do you more go by feel? In training, I'm, uh, I log every single workout with power, heart rate, everything, just gathering as much data as I can. Um, and that's, I mean, I can tell the training effects on my body when I need rest. Um, and then, you know, you can try progress. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, on the flip side, hang on one second. Yeah, it's all right. 
trying to figure out what they're barking at. Hey, 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 They have one of their girlfriends walking by. Nice, nice. So um, you, you're just talking about power. Yeah. Uh, the the power numbers in training, It's I, tr- I track everything. I track heart rate. I track power. I know when my body needs a rest uh, and when I'm coming off rest or when I'm in the middle of a training block, I can kind of see where I'm at relative to other training blocks year to year where I'm at. Uh, but when it comes to races, I mean, I go – I said I set based on those numbers that I've seen in training a heart rate ceiling and then I just ride on feel. Yeah, nice. And um I guess last year you didn't really experience you hit the front really quickly on the bike. I think it was going up the Kuakini Highway so you didn't really get to experience that the whole group dynamic where um you know there's a lot of sitting in and surging and going fast easy. You're pretty much off the front straight away. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I, I really, I, re, I gave up cycling quite a few years ago. So, uh, I mean, now I just work on uh, being being the best uh, 70.3 or 140.6 or Olympic distance, whatever I'm training for, yeah. Uh, yeah. rider I can. And uh, the, the only time that I've really got to experience uh, the whole group dynamic was actually for the first time this spring. Uh, when I was really sick at Oceanside, uh, I had the stomach flu and, uh, I just sat in there and, and, and a couple of those packs and man, it, it's easier to ride by yourself than having to be attentive to keep 10 meters and the acceleration, the deacceleration of, of the packs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned earlier on, um, the standard of the, the swim or, or, maybe the standard of the swim hasn't necessarily gone up in terms of the actual speed but there's a lot more guys that are, that seem to be coming out of the swim together um yeah especially in Kona you know we've seen it just grow and grow and grow over the years that big pack coming out um what do you sort of anticipate for for this year and, and does that impact your race plan at all or you basically just go out there and you want to get to the front and start uh start you know dropping the hammer oh um, every year, every, you know, everybody talks about, uh, what, what to expect, what to expect. I mean, last year we got to see the field, uh, stay together in the swim and then blow apart on the bike. Yeah. Where in other years, you know, it comes out in two or three decisive groups and they all seem to come together. Yeah. So, um, this year. I would – I'm hoping that it, it it blows apart in the swim, that Andy brings out a fast swim and uh, Jan Frodeno, Bevan Doherty, and all those guys just string that thing out as much as possible. And uh, you get uh, groups of three and four coming out of the water that are all, you know, 30 seconds apart. And then on the bike, everybody's it's everybody has to ride by themselves uh, <laughs> mano a mano. I mean, that's, that's my dream race because uh, – I know, I know that if the race unfolds like that, it, I'm going to be very hard to beat. 
Cool. So I, I saw a result you had this year, and I, and I can't remember where, couldn't find where it was. It was either a rev or a 70.3 somewhere, and I saw you had a fantastic run split. And I just at the top of my head, I think you may have held off Tim to, uh, Tim O'Donnell or somebody like that. So what, what's this year been like, and, and um, what was that race where you had a, a, a fantastic run? I think it was like a 117 or something like that. Yeah, I've had a pair of 117s this year. I ran a 117 at uh, Eagle Man, and I ran a 117 again at uh, Racine. Mm. Um, you know, the race at, uh, you know, I've had an up and down year. It's, uh, we had a long, heavy winter here, and it's sort of, uh, I was sort of lagging in a few areas of training uh, in the spring. Uh, I'd been doing, I mean, I spent most, I spent all the way through March running in snow on the snowmobile path and, uh, my dogs loved it, but, uh, you use a little bit different muscles than when you're on the road. And I mean, I was strong. I was, I mean, I was strong like an ox this spring, but, uh, sometimes strength doesn't convert to speed. And this spring, I mean, I felt like I, I felt like uh, Rocky Balboa in a lot of the races that, I mean, I could just slug my way through, but I never felt fast. I never felt good. It was just a, an old-fashioned slug fest of I'm um, just, you know, just hammering, but uh, not going all that fast. But I'm able to to get by. Mm. And uh, then in June and July, really just started to come around. And uh, I mean, I raced well. I got. Um, Tim the Boom and or Tim the Boom, Tim O'Donnell, Tim O'Donnell and I. Tim caught me at uh, mile ten, and we ran shoulder to shoulder, and then uh, he settled in on my heels for the final mile uh, before trying to juke me at the end. But uh, it, you know, it's 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 you work so hard for so many years, uh, especially for me. I mean, I used to race the Olympic distance. Uh, when I turned pro, I mean, I was still running six fifteen miles for the Olympic distance, and now here I am I'm running the half distance at five fifty five miles. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you look at you know in the course of seven years, you've basically taken, you've improved yourself enough that you're running more than twice the distance at uh, you know thirty or twenty seconds plus faster per mile. Um, so it's just, it's just awesome when you you keep putting hard work in, we're hard working, hard working, and it just seems that sometimes it's like, is this ever going to pay off? And I mean, I've been confident for years that hey, I'm just one of these days I'm going to have the, the my run's going to show, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I sh- it's showed a couple times. Uh, it shows, it seems to show every once in a while, but now I'm seeing it seems I'm able to put it together more often. So what do you think you're capable of in Kona? Um, you know, if you have a have a great day, um, and let's just say the conditions are average on the run, you know, maybe something like last year. Um, what do you think you're capable of doing? Uh, all I'm worried about is my finish time being one second faster than anybody else's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I mean, if that means I have to run a 255 marathon, I'm going to try. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 I go to race to win, and uh, if I have to. I mean, if if it's going to take a two fifty five, I'm going to put myself in that position to win. And so that's very much your outlook for this race, you know, because we hear from you know a lot of pros, they're basically going into the race and they're they're saying, look, I'm there to have the best possible race that I can have, and wherever I finish, I finish. Or for you, it's basically I'm I'm there for the win, and that's that's the deal. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't train for second place and uh, racing like I do off the front. It's I have very much have a different dynamic of uh, not coming into T2 and being like, okay, here's what I'm going to have to do in the run. It's, okay, I'm coming into T2, let's start running, and then when somebody catches you, if they have that opportunity, then you got to have something in the tank uh, at the end. Nice. Um, so you, you usually seem to be quite outspoken on a number of issues. We see your name popping up all over the place. Um, you know, if, in terms of the pros these days, we, we see the prize money is is not fantastic, and uh, and it's a real struggle for you know other than the few top pros to seem to be able to make a living. Um, you know, some people argue WTC, you know, don't necessarily need the pros except for maybe in Kona because their races are filling up anyway and some races they have stuff all pros and they give them bugger all coverage. So what's your sort of take on the the pro prize money and what needs to happen to, to, to make some change? Well, there's ebb and flow and right now we're seeing the ebb. Uh, WTC races aren't selling out. Mm. Uh, I mean, for the first time ever, Ironman Wisconsin, it's, it's been a week. It's, it's been, which has taken more than a week to fill. Blake Placid, Coeur I mean, huge races aren't selling out. So uh, WTC has been able to cut, 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 and not get pay, not and not pay the piper. And now they're, they've cut so much uh, that the experience isn't as good as it used to be for the age group athletes, and the coverage isn't as good, and people are going elsewhere. And so while people are saying, yeah, the races are still selling out, they're not selling out. I mean, I, you can't name 10, 10, 10 of their, their major races that are selling out right now. And it's, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, and this is the first year of it. So uh, I think really they're going to have to take a good look at, uh, you know, we need to invest in the pros because they are what make they are what made the sport what it is today, and we were able to get away for a while and ride what the previous generation had done. But now we need to go back and we need to support these guys uh, so we can get this back as a nationally recognized sport. Uh, because I mean, there used to be it used to be covered a lot better than it did, and when it was, uh, the sport was growing at ex at, at huge proportions. I mean. You look at I've raced quite a few times in Europe, and th- there's as, there's more media on the course in Europe than there is uh, <laughs> than there is uh, officials or anything else. And the sport, if you look at uh, you look at the sport, the sport's growing in Europe because it's on TV, it's in front of the people, and I mean that's where the sport's growing because the media is there. So is there any any voice, you know, I mean, we, we hear lots of, every, every time we interview pros and stuff, they're always, you know, saying, um, yeah, pro, we need more prize money, et cetera, et cetera. But has anybody um, tried to get all you pros together and actually have one united voice and, and, and really trying to say, look, you know, let's go in as a collective um, rather than, you know, just um, individuals and, and see if we can make any change? Um, there's there's been a couple groups over time that have uh, that have gotten together and have tried to formulate uh, an organization to have a voice. And the issue is is, is it really needs to be done by somebody who has a, a former pro that is willing to take the time 
to really see these issues through. Because right now, it's right now these small groups are being run by pros who have families, who have uh, who have a pro career that they're trying to, and it's like, oh yeah. And then there's occasionally I work on this. Yeah. And it need really needs to be taken up by somebody who was a respected pro in their time and has the has the time to to just collect all the information to you know you speak with the pros to put together surveys and gather information i mean you look at the head of all of the players uh, organizations around the world uh, most of the people involved are former players that uh, were well respected and now they are you know helping Got, continue to guide the sport in the right direction and uh you know it's interesting when you sh- when you go to kona and you have all these uh top former pros there and uh you know it seems that all of them have all of them comment on what needs to happen but none of them seem to want to help out yeah and i think that's i mean that that's something that will change in the future because uh, I don't foresee when a guy like Jordan Rapp finishes with the sport that he's going to go away. Hmm. Uh, but uh, you, you, there's uh, – there. I mean I really think that some of the guys in the past generation uh, – somebody from the past generation needs to step up. And, you know, I guess maybe that time has passed for a lot of these guys. Uh, like, you know, the guys who have won Kona the last decade, a guy like Maka – or Crowey, uh, as soon as they retire here, uh, to be that voice and collect the information because they are, you know, looked up to, and uh, that's that's what needs to happen. And there's, there's obviously a few um, bit of tinkering going on with the qualifying system at the moment. So, you know, your result last year in Kona meant you didn't accrue a huge amount of points. Um, I know you raced. Um, Florida I can't remember if you raced Arizona as well so um, what's your sort of take on the current qualifying system and and do you like it or do you think it needs to be changed Um, and I guess one other question is how would you feel about WTC if they opened up some wild cards and people like um, you know Gomez or somebody like that um, was do you agree with maybe them being given a wild card to race so I guess two questions there is one is um, qualifying system and two what what do you think about wild cards Um, you need to go with one or the other you need to either go with the wild card system or you need to go with the point system Uh, you're going to go with the wild card system you should uh, have you should just make it very clear of the point system should totally go away and if you win this race you qualify you know it's sort of like uh sort of like a lot of um a lot of uh major events if uh you know when you win you qualify for the next round and if then the fastest times beyond that go to the next round Mm. something like that okay but it'd be hard to do for iron man mm. but uh I, I i like the point system i really do i mm. think it's it's a i think it's a great way to get the best pros at the best at the biggest race mm. um it's uh, you know i i like I like the new point. I like the updated point system where it requires you to win races and puts more emphasis on great performances than participation points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, you know, I, I, I like the system. 
Hmm. I, I really like the point system, and uh, I think uh, it's. It, I think I think it's the best way. Uh, I mean, the only possible thing that I would change would be if you win an Ironman, you're automatically in. Hmm. But uh, you know, that's that's just minor. Right? But uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the point system. Cool. Um, I guess my final few questions. I don't really follow Twitter very much, but I know there's this the real Starkey. Is that you or is that somebody else? And uh, or do you just support whoever it is as um, thoughts and beliefs? Because I understand you're sort of um, on the sidelines somehow there. Uh, yeah, I'm very much on the sidelines uh, and I kind of watch what he does. But uh, no, it's not me. Nice. And then... Um, in terms of the, probably the one other topic I had a question on was um, the girls wanting more um, females on the start line. Um, whether or not you have an opinion or whether you're neutral on that, um, because you know there's been quite a lot of talk about having more females on the start line. The counter argument to that is well, there's a hell of a lot more male pros racing out there, um, but the girls want to increase that because uh, hopefully that will lift the the standard. Do you have any um, opinions on that one way or the other? I mean, if you go to my blog, uh, the last three weeks I've posted a three-part, um, a three-part state of long-distance triathlon, and uh, not only is there uh, 65-35 cut men versus female, uh, the competitiveness is about the same. And in, if you were to draw the line to have this. To set, you know, at 18% or 20% behind the pros, you're still looking at 65% males, 35% females within, you know, X percent of the winning time. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you were if just using the mathematics of it, uh, there should be, um, I think I had it as uh, there should be like 57 pros and uh, 28 females if you go by the numbers. So, I mean, it, I think I think if I think if we think if if it if it needs to change, it needs to change logically mm. uh, and mathematically. And by doing that, it would be actually reduce the number of females on the line, increase it because uh, it's been it's mathematically it's mathematically and statistically it shows that the men are it's just tighter fields. It's not only is there more of us, we're also a lot more competitive. Mm. Very good. So I guess that's a nice segue. You mentioned your blog there. Um, so any plugs for any of your sponsors? And if people want to follow you, what's the best way to do so? Follow me on Twitter at Starkowitz. Uh, become a super fan on Facebook, uh, and uh, I'm kind of I'm maxed out. I guess you can only have five thousand friends on Facebook, and <laughs> so uh, I guess I have five. <laughs> I, I found out I had five thousand friends about uh, six months ago, and so I had to start a uh, fan page. So best way to follow me is get out on that fan page, and I mean sponsors. Uh, there are everybody who's Sports me, my family, uh, and then you know. I mean, if you want to ride a fast bike, get on an Orbea with some Mavic wheels and Vision components, and it'll uh, you'll be you too will be able to ride the 402. Nice. Oh well, we we'll look look forward to seeing you cranking it out there. I'll be probably heading along the Queen K, and we see you coming the other way. So um, all the very best for the race, and um, we look forward to seeing how it unfolds. So you're racing too? Yeah, yeah, I'm racing. Yeah. Okay, what's what, what, what's what's your goal on the day? Let's, let's go there. Uh, if it was conditions like last year, hopefully sub nine hours. Um, but uh, we'll we'll see how we go. But uh, I want to be sub three hours on the run as my objective. So we'll see how we go. The bike is uh, the bike need a bit of luck on the bike. 
a little luck on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> in, in life, you make your own luck. I was told that at a young age. Exactly. Awesome, man. We will uh, hopefully catch you over there and um, all the very best for your race. Okay. Be, be safe and I uh, wish you the best. Okay, Jombo, we're back. I haven't listened to the Sarkowitz interview. Anything interesting from it? Well, I'm sure lots of interesting stuff, but, you know. He's, he's there to win. There's no doubt about that. Really? And... You know, if he put himself puts himself in the same position that he did last year, there's no reason why he couldn't get a top three. You know, I think based on the form that he's shown in half Ironmans and other Ironmans, he can run as good as, say, Luke McKenzie or somebody like that, whether or not he can run faster than that to actually get the win. Um, but, you know, if he replicates what he did last year where he had huge stomach issues and stuff during the race, um, don't see any reason why he couldn't. Whether or not he can actually do that is another story. We don't know. You know, we've had lots of Uber bikers over the years who have had good years and bad years I've watched a, a little bit of Kona coverage over the last couple of weeks when we were getting ready for the the interview with Tim DeBoom and you know watching Norman Stadler how up and down he was in terms of one year he'd just smoke it yep. next year he'd be terrible but yeah Starkowitz has got the goods there to, to to really shake the race up and if he's on his game who knows what's possible well I think the thing with a guy like Starkowitz is you know we get you know hopefully he can get to that moment where it's the real test of you know that next level for him, you know, because that's the thing is that can you get to that moment where if I hold on long enough, I can win this thing? And it'll be interesting to see if a guy like him gets out there just a little bit far enough where the runners are chasing him down, but if he can dig deep, you know, he could pull it off. It's going to be, oh, geez, I love Kona Jombo. I'm it's excited, John. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Okay, so speaking of which, you got your uh, Project 2014 corner, is it? You called it the corner. <laughs> corner this week. Yep. Give it a new name every week. Yep. Um, actually, we haven't had our iPhone tip of the week yet, Bevan. So okay, I'll pull up one. Oh, do you want to do sponsor first before you do the corner? Okay. okay Ex- sponsor. Extreme endurance. So I've had a few athletes emailing me um, the last couple of weeks um, talking about salt tablets and this, that, and the other thing for Kona. Um, and what we found out from a lot of the guys in terms of the sports science guys, you know, taking salt tabs and all that sort of stuff in the race – not necessarily going to save your bacon on on race day in terms of cramping from electrolyte imbalances. It's more about making sure you're looking looking after yourself um, before the race and you're not depleted or anything. So that's one thing that I'm going to be doing via Extreme Endurance is making sure that really stay on top of that. So over there, I'll be taking my immune boost every day to look after. Um, you know, that's got huge amounts of vitamins and minerals in it. Um, also take the Hydro X, and then we'll also be doing a few other bits and bobs. But those are the two. Um, extreme endurance products that I'll be taking on a daily basis over there as well as your regular extreme endurance and uh, yeah you just yeah it's one thing being right for the race day and thinking I'm going to take salt tablets but as I said it's that lead in when you're doing training you're walking around you're sweating up a storm that's when you really got to focus on um, taking more than what of everything than what you would normally do so at home you know we're going from uh, uh, you know pretty cool um, spring conditions to bloody hot so yeah. immune boost hydro x and extreme endurance is going to be looking after me okay so get so on it guys check it um if you go to the dot com website use the promo code imtalk5 and uh if you need any from new zealand or australia if you get it in in the next couple of days we can look after you otherwise you'll have to wait till after kona the business is going on hold for a few weeks isn't it john it is. Yeah, it's yep. going to hold. Yeah. It, can, it can keep going when I go away, but when my able assistant goes away as well. The admin lady, the, the 38-year-old yeah. admin lady. Yeah, <laughs> pay her well. Um, <laughs> when she goes away, it does come to a grinding halt for a couple of weeks. Okay, John Bo, so Project 2014 Corner uh, update. What's been happening? 
So last week was was just a fairly steady week. I didn't really have any magical sessions planned. Um, it was really the week before was my big key week, and the tape has very much started now. So I guess the only session of note last week was did a did a two hour run where we ran the second hour of that, um, sitting at four minute ten per k pace, which is just just under what I planned to run at in Kona, and that felt pretty pretty good, pretty much on the money. So I'm not going to die wondering on the run in Kona, Bevan. It's basically my strategy is I'm going out at just under three-hour pace, and we're going to see what happens. So the run um, is going to be interesting over there. So that was probably the only key session. I very much started my taper from Friday onwards because the way that I'm running this taper is resting up until I get there, and then when we get over there, it's going to be pretty full-on in terms of the, the training volume. So we travel on Monday Hawaiian time and arrive on early Tuesday morning and our first day there we're going to bike um, as soon as we get in, get straight on the bikes, bike for about two hours, run for about 45 minutes, have a swim, so a reasonably solid day and then the second day we're going to bike the course, third day we're going to do, uh, every day we'll swim, third day we will run about an hour 45 in the heat um, plus swim the course and then the final sort of big-ish day will be on the Friday we will bike about three to three and a half hours plus run an hour so those are four reasonable sort of length days to kick off but the big advantage we're looking to get from doing so is to try to acclimatize to the heat and uh, yeah so be long long mileage but easy mileage and then uh, and then from there on in it's it's more of a fairly regular taper for that sort of final week it's just the first you know first four days doing a bit of volume so just can't wait to get over there and just get out of Christchurch, get on some smooth roads, get a bit of heat going. And as much as I love my wife and my kids and stuff, just having having one less distraction, <laughs> one less distraction to deal with. Um, it will just just me and my hashtag uh, friend Phil Patterson will be over there, and our wives have got a special hashtag that they want to get going for us, which we will just leave on the side for now. And yeah, can't wait to get there. Do you um do you like flying? Like, because I like for me, flying is one of the times in your life where you don't do anything, and I kind of enjoy that. Do you, do you enjoy the flying process? I, you know, I, I got lots of work done. You have no interruptions. You know, the objective when I get there is to have zero inbox. So I totally clear it out on the flight. And yeah, it's a daytime flight for us. So we leave Christchurch. I'll be leaving home at about 6 30 in the morning, and we'll get into Honolulu at about. Nine nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night, and then we fly over the next morning. But yeah, it's a full day flight, so just work and watch a bit of movies and eat some food, hit the car club, hit the car yeah. club. Yeah, I'm picking Jen up. I'm taking Jen to the airport. It's a, it's confirmed official now, is it? Yep. Oh, I haven't told her that, so she's hopefully yeah. she's listening to the show. I'm sure she will be. But yeah. yep, I can pick her up. Take Good. her on, save her some airfare. I mean, save her so, a taxi fee. So you and Belinda and Jen are all on the same flight. I know. Look at that. We we we'll bosom buddies. Said they hang out in in Honolulu for four days and go crazy spending money. Exactly, it's a win-win. Okay, um, we've done extremely ask questions and answers. Okay, John, new world record in the marathon, two oh two was it? It was two oh two, and it was done at the Berlin Marathon. So he was, I think, it was forty five seconds up or so with five k's to go. Our two oh two fifty seven, Dennis Kamito. Wow. 
smoked it. And it also, the second place dude also went under the previous record as well. He went to um, 2013. Mutai. So they beat Wilson Kipsang's record. And it was also good in another way because there was an Asterix world record as well. Because at the 2011 Boston Marathon, right. Jeffrey uh, Mutai ran 203.02, which is the fastest in the world. But because it's point to point, doesn't count. So it's kind of ironic, really, because it's always kind of defined as the world champs and kind of the unofficial world champs, isn't it? So so it's ironic this on a downhill course but Berlin is Berlin's usually the where they go to try to set the records so good times in the world of marathon running yeah I can't wait to get this up too so last week we had the terrible news for all the athletes that did uh, Lake Tahoe um, that the race got cancelled and there was not even a a running race or biking race, you know, we've had lots of modified ones over the year, but it got completely cancelled, and we were wondering what WTC were going to do to, to rectify that situation. So for those that haven't sort of seen what they did, they've offered a bunch of options. Um, anybody who's sort of decided to take up one of these options to enter a different race then went in the lottery to win one of uh, 50 slots to the Kailua or to, to the world champs so I guess that's the, the slot allocation for that race and so if you go on and take up one of their options to enter another race then you, you go in the chance to, to get a Kona slot so probably pretty good odds to get a Kona slot um, so the option was to register for a 2014 event at an, a reduced entry fee of $100 and they had a few events you could go and do a few limited number of slots at a bunch of Ironmans option two was to enter for next year's Ironman at a reduced entry entry fee of $100 or option three was to get a 50% discount on a few races for 2015 and they're generally the races that don't sell out you know now um, Coeur d'Alene, Canada, Boulder, um, Mont-Tremblant, Wisconsin, Maryland some of them do sell out not all of them Um, so yeah I kind of thought they might have done a little bit more on the financial side of it so it's basically 100 bucks off a couple of entry fees or a 50% off one of the Ironmans for next year so could have done more, could have done less, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a funny one, isn't it? Some people thought, well, maybe they could donate to the local area. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, it was just a very tough situation. 100 mm. probably seemed a little bit light. Does, yeah. yeah. yeah from my, my perspective. Especially when it's not, not a straight refund, it's 100 off an, an entry fee or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it doesn't cost them anything really, does it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Because um, someone's emailed us through and they, they said, um, I can't remember who it was, but they said the whole family had come, you know, like, a, mm. and they and they actually felt that they could have probably called off a couple of days earlier because it didn't look like the fires were, you know, the fires were going to be there. So it's it's a it's a hard one. We did get an email through, I think it was from Joe the Stalker, um, about a letter that Andrew Mystic sent out to the pros, and uh, some interesting points come up from this letter that got sent out. John, did you read it? I did, but at the same time, it was I found it a bit odd because well, so Andrew Messick sent a letter to all the pros outlining how he sort of wants to try to improve the situations for pros to try to um, make them become be able to make better livings out of the sport and how they can try to all work together to get a better situation. It's not just a case of WTC saying right, we're just going to spend millions more dollars on prize money. It's hey, how can we help each other to make this situation better and one of the things that I found a little bit disappointing around this is he said, let's not discuss this on social media. You know, let's get together as a, as a group or have some sort of collective um, to try to work this out and let's not just ban this out on social media. So what happens? Boom. Go, every, some, some pro just goes and posts it all on social media. So I probably don't want to discuss the points in detail because that was the, it was a, 
wasn't a confidential letter, but it was sent to all the pro athletes to discuss amongst themselves. And then they kind of one of the key points was let's not discuss it on social media. And one of the pros goes and puts it up there. So I thought that was a bit a bit stupid, really. But do you do you really think so? Because like, where's your loyalty? You're like, if 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 you work for a guy who shits on you all the time, is your loyalty to him? Like, I, okay, I worked for this person a while ago, who was a terrible manager, and they'd always do these really kind of atrocious behaviours to their people and always pull off the whole but it's not good for the business to, to talk about this and you know and I always thought well that's bullshit you're, you're, you're full of crap you're doing bad management of people and you're pulling off the whole well let's look after the business as a way to keep this under the carpet and to me if you're unhappy as a pro he sent it to you like to me I'm like well if you want to send that out yeah but don't you think he's, he's putting his hand up and saying okay we've got some problems here and we would all like to do this better. How about we try to sort it out? And if and then if he kept shitting on you, then I guess there's different avenues. But I think he's really put his hand up and said, okay, you know, you guys aren't earning that much money. Um, there's things we could do better and there's things we could both mutually do to help each other. Let's sit down and discuss it. And, and specifically, you know, initially, let's not discuss it on social media, and then they do straight away. So I just thought, did he actually say let's not discuss it? Because I think what the, the the thing on the internet that seems to be getting lots of attention is where he talks about setting a professional standard. So he talks about how, you know, as pro athletes, basically, it seems it comes across as we don't want you being critical of us because it doesn't set a good professional standard if you're doing those types of things on social media. And so it seems a little bit like, how can our brand be more, it seems his argument was, how can our brand be more professional if, you know, you guys are going out there criticising us, you know, in ways that might be seem unprofessional. Um, this is why he wants to have a meeting with everybody. So you could, rather than everybody speculate on a couple of paragraphs, they can actually sit down and go, okay, well, let's let's have a professional standard of media that we all agree on rather than... Yeah, but do you just, think, I don't know, like everything on email and stuff. If if you don't sit down and talk things through, you can. See, we're trying to re read into what he's trying to say here, and we don't really know. We should have an interview with him and and discuss what he's actually trying to get across because we're trying to, yeah, try to read between the lines on what they're actually trying to do. Whether they're trying to be this big money hungry corporate and just trying to control the situation totally, whether they genuinely do care and they want the pros to be, you know, getting more of a living out of it so I think I think he's trying to take a step in the right direction and um, I don't know I'm on Andrew Messick's side this time oh you are yeah you and Andrew BFFs yeah. BFFs I don't know I'm I'm, I'm I'm not so sure there's definitely a lot of stigma around it right now on the internet and I'm not sure if, so sure if I'm so anti is, is what everyone is but I I don't know I think that sometimes openness is more important and sometimes people um, like I you know, like, I, if, if there's nothing wrong with his email, then there's nothing wrong with sharing it, if you know what I mean. So I don't think in the email he actually says don't share this. I think the thing that you got slightly wrong was that he's more talking about criticism in ways, in public ways. So, um, it, yeah. So I don't think he was being that, saying, please don't send this to anybody, if you know what mm. I mean. But but interesting. Uh, we interesting to see the implications of it. Just one other email I got through, Jombo. Mm-hmm. From a guy called uh, Paul Doherty, you may have heard of him. He's going down. This guy's going to get smoked in, in county. Yeah, I know that dude. He, he sent me an email because last week you were quite dismissive of him, giving <laughs> even having a chance of you beating you. 
and he's got uh, Bevan listened to the podcast this week and you mentioned that you might not even see John at the finish line as you'll be doing interviews with the finishers I'm more than happy to interrupt my interview so you can go see <laughs> run John Rowan over the finish line so, uh, so. I'll, be I'll be happy if Pod smokes me as long as he goes no you will not be that's a if, lie as long as he goes about 8.30 and I, I'm not too far behind him if he wins you come second you'll be happy with that I'll be happy with that I'll be happy if he smokes all these other dudes in our age group as long as I smoke them as well very good okay um, so what's going to happen for here guys is uh, this show will come out tomorrow for you guys uh, for us that means um, what happens so next week I arrive on the Tuesday so we probably won't get the show out until the Wednesday US time oh, or come late. On, no. pull, pull your game together you'll be you'll be ready to roll by uh, no, Tuesday night yeah but there'll be there'll be a day later than everyone normally it will be so that'll yeah. be Wednesday normal time yeah so normally we release on Tuesday around lunchtime New Zealand time so we probably won't be releasing it until about Tuesday night or Wednesday night New Zealand time based on the fact that I arrive on Tuesday morning and we'll get the show done Tuesday so then from there like always we'll be releasing a show every day up until race day on race day we don't have any live coverage but check out Twitter and now John we'll talk about this closer to the time but you're going to have your GPS device as well I have a GPS device on. Blinder will be uh, twittering on my account as well. So if people want to follow me while I'm over there during the build-up um, and up to race day, uh, they can go to coachjohnproject2014.com, be a friend on Facebook, or um, become a Twitter follower. And I'll be twittering over over there during the, the build-up. Um, and then Belinda will have my phone on race day as well, trying to do a bit, bits and pieces. So, um, yeah, it should be good times. And I've got some a really good lineup of interviews. So when Bevan actually gets here, I will have pre-recorded heaps of uh, interviews because I'm doing my, my bit. So at the moment we've got um, Marino lined up, Marino Van Holnacker, Magnus Backstead, looking forward to that one, James uh, Karnema, um, then I've got Lindsay Corbin, Joe Gambles, Kate Snow, and Good then stuff. I'm going going along to see the team at the SIPO launch. Um, there'll be a few guys there. Then we've got Tim Reed, Gina Crawford, Terenzo Bozzoni, and then Caroline Stephan and Macca, Kareen Abraham, and the rest of the team from Uplace. So it's going to be a big lineup. And then we've got a few sort of non-pro-y type things going on as well as we get sort of into race week um, because a lot of the pros are trying to stay away from, from stuff. So And then I'm going to be the roaming reporter out on the field. I'm in the field, John. Mm. I go, from the field, I'm over here. Yeah. So in, t in terms of t times and places, if people want to catch up, um, then we'll have the Blue 70 Aquathon on Wednesday morning at 7.15am. Then Bevan will be at the Underpants Run on, I presume you want to do that, on uh, 8 o'clock yeah, eight o'clock yeah. on Thursday. He'll be doing that, and got to give them a plug. They're going for a world record in terms of trying to get. Oh, the so most you got to register. Got to register. Bit done your registration, Bevan? No, but I will because I'm a do good that. boy good and then in terms of other places you might be able to catch us Bevan will be out on the boat again on the Friday morning as well and that's about the guts of it and we'll send out a note as well during the shows we'll try to discuss at the, at the awards ceremony where we'll sort of say where we might be um, in there and we'll try to meet somewhere before going in if people want to go in as a I am talk crew en masse how much does it cost to buy a US SIM card I'll send you an email on that. You get these um, Go uh, Red Red something or other. I paid uh, ten bucks for it, and then you can load up whatever you want on it. You get it. data. 
There you go. I'll, we'll discuss off show. No, no, because oh. I'm just thinking what I'll do on race day because Belinda will be doing John's Twitter. So what I'll do is I'll go on our Facebook and post an update on Facebook while I'm out in the field. So on race day, like I know last year I wasn't in Kona, but a few of you guys were just kind of were all on Facebook watching the race. And so if you guys are watching the race on the internet around the world somewhere, just have our Facebook page open and you guys can all communicate together as well. And I'll go on there and update posts on there as well. So there you go. Red Pocket Mobile is the place to go, I got told. And so you can get some cards because if you go to a regular shop this is a Kona tip for you if you go to just regular AT&T for iPhones and stuff you can't get a SIM card get this red pocket mobile you get a SIM card then you can just top it up with a month's worth of whatever um, and just pay as you go and that's the way to go okay I'll, good I'll, times good times okay guys uh, any other gosh John? Um, no just going to order a new kitchen today that's what I've got a new shoot. kitchen? yeah I've got to go shoot through got to go do all that out. yes oh that's a big spin that is the new kitchen it is. Okay. Uh, Athlinks.com, guys, if you want to um, oh, check out. Oh, sponsor. Yep, sponsor. Athlinks.com. Um, all your resources, go on there and just check out all the Kona results for the last year. Type in Ironman World Champs. Um, you get the results there. It's got every single year in there. Go check the people out in your age group. The other cool thing that I saw in there last week that you can do is you can just do a geographical search for races in your area. So if you're wondering, right, I want to see uh, all the races within – 50 miles of that are on Athlinks that are within 50 miles of London or 30 miles of wherever you might live, you can do that and it'll bring up all the races in your area and then you can hone in and see sort of where this, what the standard's like. It tells you how many people compete at those events um, and got all the different years of results in there. So it's just a nice, easy way rather than trying to go to 20 different websites. You just go on there, put in your address, go how the geographic location you want, boom, brings up all the results on Athlinks and you can suss out who your competition is. Good times, rock and roll, guys. And if you ever do a big race like Kona, you put that in Athlinks straight away because you never want that to be missing from your results, do you, Jombo? Exactly. Especially when you win your age group, hey, Jombo? Especially when you go top 10 in the age group. <laughs> <laughs> confident in my performance, not confident in my placing. Okay. Um, you never goss. So kitchens, no. are you getting your kitchen done? Yep, we're gonna go. So I gotta go right now. He's, he's, he's wrapping it up. Okay. What's happening in your What's happening in your world, Bevan? I'm not getting my kitchen done. I tell you that much. Um, no. Daylight savings, loving it. That's all I'm gonna say. No. Long last night, sitting in the couch watching watching a bit of the box, and it was like at seven thirty, and it was still light. Oh, nice. heaven. Okay, next report will be in from Kona. Okay, let's do it. Iron Rust. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. We know that. That's what I on Skype. Awesome. Uh,